So you guys know how in Nigeria, jackpot is a buzzword these days and so many people around you are considering moving abroad. For the non-Nigerian folks, eh, jackpot is a slang used to mean leaving the country for good, sometimes with a hint of desperation. But anyway, we thought to share some important things you should consider before moving out of your home country. So listen up, guys. We will talk about things we did intentionally, things we wished we did, and so on. So again, Thanks for joining and enjoy. Mixed with humor and reflections, enjoy wholesome conversations between two lifelong friends on their unique immigrant experiences. Welcome to That's It with Aisha and Busola. things up this way. Salah, when did you figure out why you wanted to move? So like I said in the intro, I kind of grew into that immigrant mindset after I got here. Um, But I'll say my desire to do my master's, to get my master's degree was what got me here in the first place. To be honest, I focused only on the UK for like the first three years since I finished, you know, my undergrad. And that was where all the opportunities were, except I wasn't getting them because of either visa or or, um, funding. And then later I switched to Canada and that also didn't work out. I'll say uh, US was really my last resort. Like I was not even looking at I'm not joking when I say I checked checked out France, Germany, Australia before I looked at US. But anyway, I'm here now. And, you know, because my family is here, the... My, it's easier for me to stay back and maybe the times I would have considered going back to Nigeria, I just looked harder to, you know, get back to and I won't say it has even gotten better since then, you know, like the viral video says it kept, get, it kept getting worse and worse. <laughs> so um, anyway, for you, Aisha, you know, when did you figure out you wanted to move? I mean, for me, relocating from Nigeria has always been something I wanted to do for as long as I can remember, so I know now. <laughs> Even as a teenager, I've always, you know, wanted to explore life beyond Nigeria, mm-hmm. and I would say that eventually it happened at the right time because I, I tried so many times. So like you know now, so but <laughs> I do not regret our decision to move. Even though I miss Nigeria, and can I just say there's no place like home. There is no um, place like home. I'm absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, although, let me just add quickly that in this recent climate in Nigeria, as you said, Salah, it's easy to know your why because people just want basic life amenities. I mean, I like people are not Nigerians are not asking for too much, or people in other African countries. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, easy to know your why and. Um, like you yes. said in the beginning, that's why the buzzword you hear around is Japa hair. And Japa. Then for people that you, yeah, it's crazy because for, even for people that you imagine that, oh, they'll, they'll do fine in Nigeria, they're still checking out. And that's just very heartbreaking when you think about it. Now let's get into it. What two things did you do or did you know that you're so grateful you did or knew before coming? Honestly, getting the right information and connecting with the right people are the two most important things you will ever need to do, which I I mean, I believe that's what we did. And I can confidently say that we are better for it today because, (laughs) you know, information is like... (laughs) Like your currency. (laughs) Absolutely. It's so important. 
On a side note, please don't forget, pack that crayfish. You will regret <laughs> it if you don't, you know, because uh, it's expensive abroad. You I want know. to have crayfish and those other, you, you know, have too much of it. Maybe mm-hmm. we can make a t-shirt, pack that crayfish and sell it as our oh, podcast. I think like. Nigerians, <laughs> I think Nigerians will love that. Pack that crayfish, pack that crayfish and they'll make a crayfish. Yeah. Emoji or crayfish. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just make sure you're packing those natural for the Ghanaian, our Ghanaian friends. Shito, Abi, Pusolada thing, yeah, you know? Yeah, Shito, like, yeah. Just, oh, whatever is your staple, you know, condiment mm-hmm. for your, just pack it. Pack just it make sure you're packing it. Yeah. Again, I guess it's always a bonus to know someone for soft landing. And yeah, that that's yeah. You know, it's, a, it's a big, big, big blessing. Listen, you can't. I mean, that's not to say if you don't know someone where you're yeah, going. Yeah. You should. I mean, don't let it deter you. But of course, you know, it's a big blessing when you have someone on ground that would mm-hmm. help you. And that kind of ties into my own, you know, point. You know, mm-hmm. when I was coming, I did my research about my school, the city. Well, I'll say the village <laughs> about yeah. my school, everything about it. Even did street view on Google. You know me now. I read mm-hmm. plenty of blogs, checked out my course, my professors. I already saw their pictures. Even though when I saw some of them in person, I was like, mm. oh, wow, this, <laughs> this is your face and the one I'm seeing on the... No, <laughs> the no, I show. didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I was that thorough and I'm, I'm also grateful that I had a friend on ground. Shout out to Nikkei. She like, very, was very helpful. It softened my... My landing, you know, okay. I was easily, I was able to transition easily into my course because I, I came a little bit late, but things like accommodation okay. all that was kind of already sorted out because I had someone doing the run around for me and it helped me manage my expectation. So now this is like the research and my friend on ground helped manage my expectation about the place. So for example, when people came and they were so shocked that my college town did not look like anything they had seen in, you know, typical American media with the high rise and fast train and all that. Mm-hmm. I was just looking like, well, you guys should have done your research, <laughs> you know, but I, I was so grateful I had that advantage and it helped me with my adjustment a great deal. And then second point is <laughs> I remember how my folks like, they helped me fling all the unnecessary books and <laughs> clothes that I was trying to pack yeah. in one of my suitcases and I wound up traveling with one whole suitcase filled with food, Gary, mm-hmm. our crayfish, our Crayf- darling crayfish, Crayf- you know, um, blended ground pepper, so many things I carried just to help my adjustment and I'm so grateful. Medication, mm-hmm. I'm so grateful because it was an absolute lifesaver. I read research and food, those were my mm-hmm. two um you know, best decisions now looking back when I was coming. Absolutely. I completely agree with you there. I mean, with the food, same with those yeah. packed food, yeah. like two boxes were filled with food. <laughs> I you're telling me the kid, I know. Yeah. So what are the things you wish you did differently before coming to Salah, like moving to mm-hmm. America, of course? So again, I'm beginning to sound like a broken record because everything <laughs> grew on me. <laughs> I wasn't upfront to myself, you know, determining yeah. why I was migrating. And I wish I was more honest. I was, def- I defined my why before coming because, you know, I came here with a lot of loose ends as far as yeah. immigration, especially was concerned. And that, if I had made those determinations upfront, it would have helped a lot of decisions that I made, you know, 
that would have helped transition from my mm-hmm. non-migrant status to my migrant status and maybe even as far as going to another country like Canada because it was so easy back then to immigrate to Canada when I was just fresh out of grad school but or mm-hmm. your darling Australia <laughs> it would have really helped the decision at that point but hey that was one of the mistakes I made and as much as I even said I researched you know to that extent I realized that I was still very under researched when it comes to understanding the American system so yeah. for example my course the choice of my course for my masters would have been different mm-hmm. if I fully understood where I was coming from but look at me being all self-assured with my solid plan on code despite having a friend telling me like look this place, this they require, you know, it's like niche, basically, like mm-hmm. niche, mm-hmm. niche for myself. But I was like, no, study communication, do marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, America should me. <laughs> America, mm-hmm. like the economy is um, a little different, and I, I wish I had made better decisions to align my career plans, you know, with the environment. Mm-hmm. But um, again, that that was those are two things that I wish I did differently. And just riding on that, Busala, like with your friend helping you, it's very, very good to listen to the people who are already there before you. Oh like, my God. <laughs> because just, now that I'm the one here, it's so difficult mm-hmm. to get across to people who can't see what you see. If, for example, you tell someone to study a different course, they're like, no, that was called philosophy. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, coffee. In America, what do you want to use it for? Like, <laughs> What do you want to do with philosophy here? I mean, not that you can't do stuff. Maybe if you're coming to do a PhD, but like for your master, do something yeah. that would just shoot you out there and help mm-hmm. get a workforce. And then you later want to come to your you gender exactly. Whatever you want to do, then you can switch later. But mm-hmm. immigration Absolutely. is on the back, in back end for you, then just do what the system would easily absorb you with. Exactly. I agree with you. I mean, for us, I wish we had made proper arrangements for accommodation, mm. such as Airbnb, because <laughs> <laughs> the first two weeks moving in to Australia was really tough because mm. we moved with a kid and then we moved in with a family who also had three children. So can mm. you imagine mm-hmm. in like, you know, an apartment, it, it was, it was, it was a mess because it was inconvenient for the people who said us. And also because we had a child, you know, it was just, yeah. So I wish, I mean, they graciously did um, host us and okay, they were yeah. gracious enough to do that. So can we give a shout out to anyone that has opened their home to... I know. So to down. <laughs> you guys are the MVPs because... I know. I agree however, because, turned out, because I know some of them can mm-hmm. yeah I know some of them can turn ugly real quick but however mm-hmm. it turned out anyone who has opened up their you know house or even picking you up from the airport whatever it is mm-hmm. their resources it goes a you long need to appreciate way. them yeah. it goes a long way absolutely it goes a really long way in, in it does because you even living people. in their house even if you're not doing anything the fact that you're using electricity feels. <laughs> it means more fuels for them so I know. it's a big deal when people take you into their homes especially yeah. if they don't even know you and mm-hmm. you know so I, I mean but looking back I wish we made proper arrangements for a, a very affordable Airbnb because we were coming on a tight budget so, so we should have made arrangements and all of that stuff but another thing is I wish again just like you do more research like you just mm-hmm. can never 
do enough research when you're yeah. moving because um I was trying so hard I I searched and searched for Nigerians online who were already living in Australia and sharing yeah. their life experiences. I think it would have gone a long way because mm-hmm. you know I could have seen through their eyes, but unfortunately I couldn't find any. So that led me to start my YouTube channel, you know, focusing yeah. on my immigrant lifestyle and experiences, mm-hmm. hoping that someone will see through my eyes and soften their landing when they yeah. arrive That's- as well. Yeah, that's a very good one, like with the YouTube channel. And I know that's mm-hmm. one of the ways that now you're trying to... And that's what we're on. doing right now as well. Yeah, so that- exactly. Mm-hmm. Even this exactly, even this platform is that also. So speaking of, you know, mistakes, uh, learnings and mm-hmm. all of that, Basala, how did you recover from, you know, all of that? Yeah, I won't even give myself that much credit because <laughs> this is more like fit <laughs> realigning me. I got the real opportunity, mm-hmm. well, a unique opportunity to do another master's, and I was able to get in line with you know what the market needed. And I'm, I'm, I graduated from a um, program where my skills are now more valuable. I can get you know the kind of job I want and all of that. So. Um, that's not to say that my communication degree is a waste because now if I want to go back to it, I guess I can return to my first love at a point and just pivot, you know, whenever I'm ready. But the point here is that um, do your research, guys. Like, <laughs> do your research about where you're going to. You know, don't mm-hmm. be studying. Like, if, for example, if you're going to China, like, do you really want to study Chinese or like do you want to study? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you understand where you're going is my point. And in second, I, I became more proactive with getting information. Even mm-hmm. though, to be honest, um, I'll say it can be a bit challenging getting information out of my Ninja people, you know. Mm, <laughs> tell me about <laughs> it. <laughs> and if they want to be transparent with information, then they ascribe everything to God. So they're like, hey, how did you get the job after graduating? I got you know things like that. So uh, was, even though some of them, you know, that they finesse their way into the system or they mm-hmm. whatever they did, just feel like hoarding the information is the is what they want to do. But I'm grateful kind of for the kind of circle that I have where I was able to get information to guide me to a point where I'm now transitioning to a migrant status. But it was quite daunting. So mm-hmm. I'm more proactive information right now. Yeah. Um, so for you. How did you write your runs? I know you already talked about the YouTube channel. How did you yeah. make some of those mistakes? I guess you roll with it as it comes, you know, mm-hmm. that's life. And I mean, I don't think you could ever fully be prepared for these experiences you mm-hmm. have as a new immigrant <laughs> to any country, Basala. I know mm-hmm. you said like you've you thought you had done enough research, but then you found that you were under-researched, yeah. which is, I think, what will happen to anybody and everybody who is moving. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you were moving from Nigeria to Ghana, truth is, no yeah, matter how much country. research you do, you will still find... I mean, you have to learn on the job pretty much. Yeah, um, I agree. For some people, I think it's like you just got hit by a truck. <laughs> you know? Immigration is hard. It's it can hard be though. a traumatic experience. And for some other people, the impact might not be as intense. So yeah. I guess it's a spectrum of experiences for okay. different people, you know? For me, migrating to Australia was a bit confronting for me on all fronts. I'm not going to mm. lie, like including my spiritual journey. Busala. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, guys, oh. I just have to take brief intermission. Church, Aisha. 
Mm. My grandpa showed me Pepe. I'm back to starting point. I just I found before I finished from um, commerce, I found a church where I was going. I was traveling one hour, fifteen minutes every Sunday to mm. go there because I was just done with. I feel like country churches where it's just all like politics and I was just mm-hmm. done with all of that jazz. It just like, uh-huh. I was going to a church where if you had the um, if you, if, you, if you sit on the pew first, you just find out that till the end of the service, you're the only one sitting there because everybody's sitting with their tribe and it's not even about being friendly or not. You can easily tell the lines because mm. of how I look and all of that. Then you just say everybody like staying their little cocoons. You can try to draw a color map around the church. I, I mean, and I didn't want that kind of waste of emotional effort to be saying, oh, is it because or is mm-hmm. it not because? I just, I was just about done with it. Then within politics with church, I was also sick of it. So I found a Nigerian church where I, because Nigerian churches also have their own issues with not respecting time and all the yeah. internet and all that. But I found one that was kind of like a middle point and I really put that sacrifice of one hour, 15 minutes every Sunday in one direction, by the way. And um, I wish I also brought this up during the culture shock episode where mm-hmm. I found the, some of the churches just really interesting where during prayer, when they are raising prayer points, they don't have any secrets. Like, they don't like, <laughs> hi, um, no me. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie has drug problem or she's in jail. I'm like, guy, <laughs> this cannot be Nigeria. We beat Jamie. Jamie is doing very well in Abroad. Jamie is doing well. Jamie is doing okay. Jamie is doing very, very okay, you know. But yeah, I that church part, I just had to, I I like I had to get it off my chest because mm-hmm. I know I guess the way you recover is to be open minded, you know, as you go. And I would like to think of myself as a flexible and open minded person. And I mm-hmm. think I also like I mean have an optimistic approach to the situation. So I guess that serves as a cushion effect for all these shocking experiences with Sola because oh shock you were back on. <laughs> if you didn't understand what I just said, I had to say it, you know. I said what I said, so so I'm still recovering <laughs> the experiences and I can tell you since moving to Melbourne last year, I've had more unpleasant experiences combined in my almost I know in my almost five years of living in Australia than my three years of living in Sydney. It's it's shocking, but it's true. You know, Honestly, I, I thought Melbourne is like that chill, quiet, easy going mm-hmm. place, and Sydney was the madhouse. Who that? Well, <laughs> now thinking about it, maybe because it's more of like Sydney is more like a metropolitan mixed up area. They're kind of yeah. I think Sydney has more multiculturalism. If you, I mean, it was so it was more comfortable to stay. Yeah, there. I think so. But here, I think there's some other issues going on and. You know, I guess we'll talk about that in the next session. Yeah. I know we're going to talk about all of these experiences in our next session. So let's let's leave it for them. We'll leave it for them. <laughs> yeah. So let's, have let's you had any experiences? Like, did you struggle to recover from these experiences? Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen most of it will still be around my career because that has been quite like it took me two extra years in school to pivot mm-hmm. to this new direction, but. Um, yeah, like you said, just keeping that open mind, being malleable to change, and just once you realize you made a mistake, pick yourself up and just keep moving. 
mm-hmm. is what I'll say has helped me to this point. So that's about it. That's yes. it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so guys, welcome to the first installment of Rapid Fire, where Aisha and I will ask and answer debatable questions on moving abroad. First question. Aisha, to pack or not to pack those Akara, <laughs> Atayas, George, Dashiki, Gilly, what have you? Thank you for the question of the century. <laughs> because, I mean, I would say, like, not to pack. Don't pack clothes. Like, you're most likely not going to wear those clothes. So, it's very that, good. I'm show you. So, mm-hmm. things like George, Lace, Dashiki, Gilly, Ankara, Atayas, what have you? Just maybe one of each, to be honest, and just focus on packing food. I said earlier, don't forget that crayfish. Pack so, that crayfish. Pack that crayfish. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, Basala, how much is too much African food to bring along? Speaking of food. Ah. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think you can really overpack when it comes to food. Like, mm-hmm. you just pack as many things as you need, you know. Um, again, discretion matters, you know, you need to consider things like border policies, weight limits for travels and all that, but anything that is essential, guys, to your cooking, so that just so that your transition is easy and smooth, pack it, pack it, because number one, African food is expensive, especially that yam, see, if you're a yam-loving person, my people from Ekiti, Elisha, <laughs> all those places, just stuff your throat with as much yams as you can before coming and until you blow in the future, just forget about it. No, don't forget about and it. Eat yam to last you for a lifetime. Exactly. Because it's expensive, but all the other things mm-hmm. you can carry across the border, please just go ahead and stock up on it. Bring mm-hmm. as many as you can. And yeah, you know. And I also heard that there are ways that you can disguise certain things that you're not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they go across, they can go across the border. So, like, some people wrap things in coffee beans so that if the dog sniffs it, it won't pick mm-hmm. up. The, my mother will burn these snails. and Marty brought, <laughs> brought a whole bowl of ayamase, like a bee, what's that thing, of other sauce, frozen and, you know, muskets and whatever. Mm-hmm. Just don't break the law. Anyway, what are the other, what are the other um, essential things that you think people should bring, Aisha? Ladies, bring your wigs, you know, like the curly, <laughs> braided. Just bring your wigs, any style. You're going to need it. Absolutely. You need to because hair, <laughs> making your hair here is expensive. If you have natural hair and your hair is thick, consider putting relaxer for the time being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are just in the future. Um, what else? Makeup, Busola. I know yeah, like you. Good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, bring as much maybe I don't know for America I feel like you'll be good if you don't really stop up on makeup you're not good in Australia or like maybe even a place like Canada like if you're if you're colored skin like you have shades of brown shades of black whatever you're going to really really struggle especially yeah. in like Australia think, yeah bring the things that won't like you know you need for a while before it mm-hmm. runs up and they start figuring out the alternatives. Mm-hmm. For example, like I remember my stars was backing plenty Davies Dave is it Davies they call it pen eyebrow yeah eyebrow pencils and Zaron and like color zero zero three like just bring as many because maybe later on you figure out what works around here but just pack as many as you need so that later on when you adjust then you'll be fine, you know. Um Things like 
prescription medicine, rather non-prescription medicine like Panadol, um, Puritin. I, I just, for some reason, I think Puritin works better than Benadryl. Maybe it's my mind. Um, what else? Even men, but you know, like for the men as well, <laughs> the clippers. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. <laughs> See, I've heard the teacher that um, there's a difference between haircut and barbing. Barbing is for you there. They have fussy, curly or curly hair. Mm-hmm. Haircut is for people with straight hair. My friend learned that they had the way he had to do like skin, like Gorimapa, mm-hmm. after they destroyed his hair with scissors. So if you can even go as far as learning how to cut your own hair. My husband cuts his hair by himself sometimes. Yeah, I think you'll be you know, you'll be yeah, it will help you mm-hmm. and save some money because it's expensive. It's, Absolutely. it's, it's expensive to get a haircut. Mm-hmm. Um what else? If you're coming with kids, you know, make sure to bring their favorite snacks or food whilst they're transitioning to the food. I mean for us it was Golden Mon. We yeah. packed heaps heaps of Golden Mon, <laughs> you know. Especially if you have a fussy child like mine, oh you're in trouble. God. Just make sure yeah. they're bringing things that they used to whilst they're you know, yeah, adjusting. Let me add one. Okay, one more is um, bring your as many credentials as you have. Mm-hmm. I try those ones that so, at the back of your mind, you're thinking, well, I won't need this in the future. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> you never, you need to see me some months back calling my mom to link up with someone else that was coming because one of one certificate of some sort I needed it and just mm-hmm. bring that just bring it it's not gonna kill you yeah. it doesn't weigh too much just bring it you know um I think we have that covered and the sum of what we are trying to say is just know where you're going like know what is needed know yeah. how things I mean you can't fully know it like Aisha you said you can't know yeah. but Understand where you're going. Do what would help you thrive there. And, you know, that's one thing that I like about your YouTube channel. You're always talking about thriving. You know, you've settled, you'll adjust, but your goal there is to thrive. It's to thrive, exactly. I hope you guys find some of the things we've said here helpful, you know, to help you when you make the big move. So in the next episode, guys, we will discuss the much-anticipated topic, racism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is I'm not to do the evil laugh like <laughs> <laughs> anyway racism this is a big one of uh, you know Africans, Africans like, yeah. black people people of whatever wherever you're going they're going to get a minority especially in the west this is a big topic elephants in the room call it whatever you want and it promises to be um, enlightening, fun, you know, relatable. I would be yeah. relatable. So. Mm-hmm. so to keep this conversation going, we would love to hear your experiences on our Instagram and Facebook at tiwab.podcast. So T-I-W-A-B dot podcast. Until next time, guys, that's it with Aisha and Busola. This podcast is produced by Historia County Audio Network. If you enjoyed this conversation with Aisha and Basala, you are welcome to follow this show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Relevant links and show notes will be in the description. Until next time, that's it for now.